am so excited for today's Big Indiana Outdoor Show. I know I say that a lot, and I don't mean to be trite, but I'm very excited about today's show. Now, why am I excited about today's show? Well, first, it's in October, so we can talk about anything you want, and I'm going to be in a better mood, because I just love this time of the year. But we had a big announcement that really is first of its kind in at least our generation the first inn to be built in indiana at one of our state parks since 1939 we have seven is going there was a big groundbreaking and director terry coleman is going to be with us he's the director of state parks and properties about what that means and why that's so important and i'm just excited as all heck to have a new lodge in the state of indiana so director coleman is going to be with us here very shortly the other reason i'm very excited have you ever heard of you've you've probably heard of sand hill you may not have seen them because they fly really high but if you've been fortunate enough the sand hill crane is one of the most majestic birds and they make an annual migration through indiana which we have talked about here many many years i've been up there dozens of times and it never gets old up at jasper pulaski fish and wildlife area and nick the property manager going to give us an update on how many are up there now and of course over the next six eight 10 weeks they're going to be coming in day after day after day and those numbers are just going to increase so we're going to find out about the sandy hill cranes then i always like introducing new guests to indiana outdoor listeners outdoor photography nature photography we don't really do that much but i know everybody wants to take a better picture right well i found a great guy hoosier who has doing some great work daniel woody is going to join us and we're going to talk about how you can maybe capture some of that vibrant color this time of the year so it is a big show. I wasn't lying. And I don't want you to go anywhere because Director Coleman is on hold. We're going to find out about that new inn at Potato Creek State Park when we return right after this. Well, hi ho it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. And I said I would never do that again. And here it just slipped off my tongue. I need coffee. Nonetheless, it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. You can buy, when you buy your hunting and fishing license, you can sign up to be that all-important organ and tissue donor and do some good. And here we are towards the end of October, beautiful time of the year. So many people, just like everybody's happy. Everybody just seems happier this time of the year, especially the director of our state parks, Terry Coleman. Director Coleman, great to be with you as always. Isn't everybody happy when they go to a state park? Brian, fall is the greatest time uh, to be in our Indiana State Parks and really just on public lands in general. It's just a great, great time. Couldn't agree with you more. We are so thrilled to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors when we can catch you. I have been in several state parks this summer and just did uh, some, you know, whenever I'm in the neighborhood, I kind of just drive through and it kind of puts you into a different perspective. And I have never seen our state parks and properties look any better than they do at this time of the year this year. Brian, thanks. We have such a great dedicated staff that works so hard. They all have just such great passion. They're all they're all have such a servant's heart uh, to, to care for our most special and treasured places. Uh, they 
that we just couldn't ask for anybody anybody better. So you uh, are leading our state parks and properties, and I rely on many of those who work in the division for segments here. Ginger Murphy, of course, always been one of our loyal favorite regulars, as well as our interpretive managers at sites that bring these properties and places to life. Real talent in and amongst the group there, but anybody who's been to a state park knows what I'm stating, and that's the obvious, but it does take a lot of work, and each one of them has a servant's heart. So with that being said, you've got some big news that happened towards the end of the week, involved our governor and plans, planning for this for a very, very long time. I don't want to steal your thunder. What's going on? Brian, it is. uh, It's absolutely the honor and pleasure of a lifetime, let alone a career. It's been since 1939, uh, Brian, when we built our last lodge, and that was uh, the Spring Mill Inn. And uh, we are we are we just completed a a groundbreaking ceremony at Potato Creek State Park for our newest lodge, the Lodge at Potato Creek, and we hope to uh, to get that under construction soon. Now, obviously, let that sink in for a minute, anybody who heard correctly, 1939, uh, so, you know, it's been a while. Let's put it that way. My math isn't that good, so we're just going to go with it's been a while. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Lodges are integral to state parks and properties, and people love them uh, for a number of reasons, but since 1939... And since 2023, what what are some of the things that people can expect to see that might be different or the same uh, in terms of building a brand new lodge? What goes into all that? Brian, we've got a, a great designer in Hafer out of um, Evansville, Indiana, and a, a CM, our CMC, our construction manager, consultant, a Skillman Construction from right up here. And their vision matched our vision so closely. One of the beautiful things that we were able to do is we had them visit and, and take thorough walkthroughs on each of our seven lodges. And we talked about the good qualities and the challenges in each one of those buildings. And as they um, finalized design, uh, they, they captured and tried, they captured those. Uh, those moments with us, that time with us, and we're able to translate that into the design. So designing design flaws out of um, what will be our our newest lodge. So that's one of the great exciting things. In this lodge, Brian, we should never have a service cart that ever has to go through the main lobby. Uh, Just as one, one little example of of um, what their design will bring forward to us. You know, I'm so excited for this, and I've already heard you describe it in such a distinguished way. It's an honor of a career and a lifetime to to be party to that, but you've been a part of our Department of Natural Resources in one way, shape, or form, as well as in our state parks. You've lived watching these organic things, the lodges, the parks and properties, they, they change. You know, you have disasters, you have beauty, you have a host of thousands and millions of people that come to these places. And as uh, the director of the Department of Natural Resources has so adequately put, you guys are in the business of creating memories. But here it is, a brand new lodge, which will bring the total number to eight in Indiana. How do you know what's, how did you know this was the right time and the right park to build a new lodge? 
Brian. We we started this process 23 years ago with a charrette um, with the Troyer Group out of Mishawaka in a work in a three day work session, uh, sitting in the interpretive center here at Potato Creek State Park. Like I said, 23 years ago. So this has been kind of a work in progress. We've had this in our mind for a long time, and it's it's definitely a place in our state where we desperately need another lodge. Um, Brian, we have the fourth largest lodging, state park lodging system in the country, and we're number one in occupancy per capita. This is something that that uh, Indiana State Parks does very well. Obviously, always room for improvement, and we, we work in a target-rich environment, and we always try to, to, to work towards continual improvement, um, but this is a piece that will really tie our state together um, with a, a desperately needed lodge in a place. And I can't wait to tell you about the features of the lodge. Well, I'm going to turn it right over to you because I'm excited for this. I'm a huge fan of the state park lodges. And there's just something when I started the show by saying it just makes you happy this time of the year. You can't walk into you can walk into a state park lodge in the worst mood. And within 20 minutes, you're sitting by the fireplace completely uh, <laughs> decompressed. And then you're going to go enjoy a great meal, and you're probably with some other people sitting around the big hearth, maybe playing games, maybe sitting out on one of the big decks overlooking uh, Indiana's beautiful rolling hills if you're in the south, and there's other places around the state. I could go on and on about what it makes you feel like, but what will be in this that might be different and new and exciting for people? I think one of the things that's common to our lodges that I see all the time, and it just makes me smile when I walk in, is how families just come in and they take over little nooks and crannies and niches in these lodges. And you'll see the kids running around the halls in their socks like they're at home, which we love. Um, and they do. They'll just sit down in a corner and, and, and have a conversation or open a game or whatever they want to do at that particular time. But it, it's, it's, they feel like they're at home, and that's really what we're after in the, in the end game. How many, so the room, new lodge, how many rooms will yeah, it have? So, so the new lodge uh, will, will be about 120 rooms. When the design is complete and totally final, um, we'll really see how many will fit. But we're, we're shooting at 120 lodge rooms of various types so that we can accommodate um, a very, uh, all types of guests. Um, it will include a full-service restaurant, as you would expect in any of our lodges, but also some really unique um, dining features that we'll, uh, we can carry to the outside on a deck that will overlook Worcester Lake. Um, we'll have a, a complete and total banquet facility um, that is, is second to none with service ability from the backside so that folks never have to see the back of the house. And so the, the, the rooms are, are um, very functional with breakout facilities, and, and you can break room, bigger rooms into smaller rooms. The hallways will be widened so that we can accommodate conference space for vendors, and then every single one of the conference rooms has the ability to walk directly outside to a sidewalk that'll put you to an outside venue uh, of the facility. Um, we'll also have a, a indoor water um, or, or aquatics feature similar to what we have at the uh, Abe Martin Lodge at Brown County State Park. Uh, we'll have an area for the interpretive naturalist to work out of so that we can bring that natural and cultural history message right into the lodge to the lodge guests 
uh, vistas um, that will be second to none that that'll look um, kind of in a northeasterly um, viewpoint across the lake and then uh, obviously access to the lake they'll be docking and fishing uh, places where folks can fish and it's uh, there's a boat ramp that's right here in the same corridor with the hotel um, and the beautiful part is we'll have a second entrance for the conference facility so brides and people um, that are engaged with the conference don't have to come through the main lobby space and and really the the big effort here and the design is to kind of bring the inside out uh, so that folks I love can, it. can enjoy it. Director Coleman, director of our state parks and properties, <clears throat> excuse me, joins us this morning talking about a brand new lodge, the first one that's been built since 1939 at Potato Creek. And here I've taken this for granted and stated uh, not the obvious, but where in the heck is Potato Creek for those that may not be familiar with it? Great, great question, Brian. It, it is located in St. Joe County, uh, right in the right near the town of North Liberty, Indiana, which is directly south of South Bend, just about fifteen minutes south of South Bend. Well, when my Irish uh, may may change my opportunity to go to night games because I gave up on the night games a long time ago because it was so hard to find a place to stay. Couldn't imagine going to the iconic Notre Dame Stadium and then going back to one of our state parks. Win or lose, I'm a happy guy. We'll have a room for you, Brian. So let's, uh, so great, and congratulations, Sincere, because I know how long this conversation was. I had to, uh, the, I baited you a little bit because I knew this conversation has been going on so long, and you guys are one to move and be opportunistic when opportunity arises. But it took some time to get this. We've had a couple of bad economies through all this. We've had different governors and legislatures, but the support of our current governor towards parks, properties, trails, outdoor recreation, and commerce that goes along with that has been a priority. So I'm so thankful that this is going to get started, uh, kind of capping off uh, his legacy, if you will, in the outdoors. I, I think you'd have to agree with it. He's been a good friend to our state parks and properties. Brian, I, I talk to my counterparts in other states um, frequently, and I don't know that any of them have the relationship with their governor that, that we do and uh, the full support of the DNR director as we do. Uh, the scenario for it, it's a dream for any state parks director um, to have access uh, to their DNR director, like the type of access that I have to Director Dan Bordner, and and obviously take that one step further. The governor ha- and and the first lady have been nothing less than completely and totally supportive. They believe in in uh, the environment. They believe in in healthy opportunities for for families and folks to to spend time in the in the out of doors and how valuable that is to um, to wellness. I love it. I can't. Uh, I'm just so excited for you and for those uh, a party to all of this that it's coming together in the very short time that we have left. I know this is a busy time of the year and I know you welcome guests not only to overflowing campgrounds, but outdoor recreation this time of the year. What's your message to folks that might be listening today about our state parks and properties? What's the state of the state? Uh, the state of the state park system is is great. Um as you mentioned earlier, when we opened the show, Brian, um, fall is a crisp time to, to get out and sit by a campfire, go for a walk, um, look at the leaves as they splash color across the hillsides of, of uh, Indiana. 
our campgrounds are are full. Our lodges are full at this time of the year with so many guests um, wanting to come out, but there's always room. Um, we just welcome everyone uh, to come out and, and find their space in an Indiana State Park. Well, I am a big fan, and we're always going to be highlighting and promoting. Uh, you brought up one, one last question. Our neighbors, our co- the colleagues that you're speaking with across the country, are they building new lodges like this one? Um, actually, a couple of them just have. Tennessee has gone on a major initiative and have has built a, a new, uh, a couple of new ones, and are refurbishing one or two. And our neighbors immediately to the east, Ohio, they just built a a new lodge um, at Hocking Hills State Park. So we're Gorgeous. we're right in step. We're right in tune, and it's an exciting time for Indiana. Well, thank you, as always, for your time. Congratulations. Uh, I know the governor was up there, and you guys have had some doing some stuff all around the state, opening up some new trails, and this is a big one, and I hope people are excited. When do the doors fly open up there? Boy, I'd hate even to wager a guess on that. In, in today's environment and construction um, and the, with supply chain issues, I, I wouldn't even couple wager years? a guess. A couple years, probably? Yeah, a couple, uh, yeah, at least a couple of years. Well, we're going to be talking about it between now and then. So, Director Terry Coleman, <laughs> uh, State Parks and Properties, best to you and all your staff, and thanks for making them available to me on Indiana Outdoors. We look forward to c- catching up again real soon. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. One of my favorite people, Director Terry Coleman. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show. Talking about the big announcement up at Potato Creek State Park, New Lodge sometime in the next few years. Big groundbreaking this week. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I need a cough drop. But I am your host, Brian Pointer. Great to be with you. I feel like everybody's got a head cold. I've had this dang thing, monster of a head cold, for about two and a half weeks now, and I'm just telling you I'm sick of it. (laughs) But we're going to bring you the Indiana Outdoor Show. Many thanks to Terry Coleman, Director, State Parks Properties, and the new announcement, the groundbreaking of the new lodge at Potato Creek. So great to have him on our show. Speaking of great destinations in Indiana, Jasper Pulaski, Fish and Wildlife Area. Nick joins us as the property manager. Very, very special time of the year for your property in particular up at Jasper Pulaski, Madariville, Indiana, kind of north central of north of Lafayette. You got some visitors this time of the year and they're going to keep coming this fall. Tell us all about it. Yeah, uh, the fall migration of the Sandhill Cranes is just ramping up and uh, next couple months is going to be a great opportunity to come out and see a lot of birds so we do this every year because it's truly one of my favorite things i've seen it dozens of times and i'll just get in the car and drive and i was talking to director coleman about i don't know if anybody can walk into a state park lodge even in the worst mood and in 15 20 minutes when you're in one of those lodges you just feel better about everything yeah. it just and the same thing when you see these birds uh these sandhill cranes they're majestic they're beautiful they're complicated they're loud they're big they're just something very cool about these and i've said this repeatedly there is something melodious that's a big word for early in the in the 
in the morning, the sound that yeah. they make. Many people have probably heard sand hills, but maybe not seen them because they fly very high. But they're just absolutely stunning. And they come to Jasper Pulaski. Why do they come back here each year? Yeah, so uh, right now what the cranes are doing, they're migrating from their nesting grounds north of here. They nest in Wisconsin, Michigan, Canada, and they leave their nesting grounds in the early fall like this, and they're headed to Florida and Georgia and farther south to winter for the year. And Jasper Pulaski is just an ideal stopover. We have some great roosting habitat on the property, some shallow marshes that they'll spend the night in. And then they fly out and feed in the surrounding ag fields. Just really good habitat for cranes. And you have a spectacular viewing platform where you're going to see license plates from many, many states at any given time because it truly is a destination place. But you get up on that platform and look out over the field and they're like B-52s flying over the top of your head coming in. It's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, we recommend folks show up uh, in the evening around sunset. And like you said, you can head to that tower. There's a big open field there. The cranes kind of congregate in that field before they head to roost. And, uh, yeah, really good chance to see them with a nice sunset. And it's absolutely the sound they make, that chortle that they make, is so distinguished and relaxing and calming. And I'm not kidding. I've seen license plates from multiple states away who come uh, as a destination to see these beautiful birds and what they do. And now you physically, your, your team, your crew, keeps a track on these. And there's a website that people can go to to kind of get the, the daily or the weekly or the monthly or whatever count you're doing. How do they access yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, so if you uh, Google Jasper Pulaski Sandhill Cranes, uh, that'll go right to the page. Or if you uh, navigate to the in.gov slash DNR and go to JP, you can find it from there. And what do you but, do? Uh, How do you, You're physically yeah. out there, what, at daylight and, and dark, and you're out counting them by yourself, aren't you? Um, we actually <laughs> it takes the whole crew. Uh, so we count. We try to count once a week. Um, we usually do it from... The first week of October to the last week of December, we'll go out on Tuesdays, and um, there's five of us. We post around the property in the morning, like you mentioned, before sunrise, and then we count the cranes as they start leaving for the day. And it's easier to count them in small flocks like that, especially when we're getting to peak numbers between twenty and 30,000. That's insane to me when you have that many birds. And what's the count here in mid-October? which is early yeah it, right um we counted tuesday so that was the 17th and it was 3255 good for you i love this story and for people that aren't familiar jasper pulaski is a great destination not just to see the sand hills but worthy trip in and of itself but you have other opportunities for outdoorsmen and hunters and people up there as well yeah, for sure. Uh, this time of year is also really popular with deer hunters. It's deer archery season right now. Um, duck season or youth waterfowl season starts this weekend. We've been getting some calls about that. Still pretty dry up here, but we do have some waterfowl hunting opportunities. And then, uh, yeah. I love the fact that uh, these birds, Mother Nature is beautiful in so many ways. And the the majestic nature of these birds coming back each and every year is absolutely something you should see and it's a great little drive uh you drive up north of lafayette 
and you know beautiful Madariville, indiana and there it is and when you're driving up and you get a little closer to the the property there you know you see these birds out in cornfields and other things and they hop over and fly into the uh uh, Jasper Pulaski Fish and Wildlife Area. So it's just something that people should see. And then when you actually hear them and see them, you go, oh, now I know what that sound is that I could never find up in the air because it's it's just yeah. one of those things people should hear. Any particular advice for people when they come times a week? And I heard you say sunrise, sunset, which makes sense. But any other advice that you yeah. give people? Um, yeah, if you can make it out during the week, that'll help you avoid crowds. Uh Starting probably the second week in November, that crane tower will be packed, especially on weekends. Weekend evenings, it'll be packed. Good point. Yeah, if you can get out during the week, the crowds might be a little less. And then uh, definitely bring bring binoculars if you have them, binoculars or a spotting scope, because the cranes aren't always that close to the tower, so that'll help you get a better view of them. Well, it's always great to visit with you, my friend. I encourage people to head to Madariville, Jasper Pulaski Fish and Wildlife Area. The Sandhill Cranes are coming into the Hoosier State here over the next few months. Nick, we'll probably be back in touch with you and get an update, but thanks for being with us as always. Yeah, glad to be here. My pleasure. One of my favorite places and a great, great property manager. Nick, thank you so much. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Couldn't be any easier. We're going to be back right after this. So good to be with you on this beautiful mid-October, my favorite time of the year. It just makes everybody happy. That's the theme of today's show. It's just making everybody happy. It's hard not to be when you're in Indiana in this time of the year. Thanks to Terry Coleman, director of our state parks and properties. Big announcement, as you heard earlier in the show, the new lodge groundbreaking at Potato Creek State Park up north. And of course, the Sandhill Cranes coming back to Indiana at Jasper Pulaski Fish and Wildlife Area. Get up there in the next couple months. They're going to be adding to their population day by day, so don't want to miss an opportunity. As I mentioned also at the top of the hour, I love when we have new guests, especially Hoosiers. Joining me now is Daniel Woody. He is a nature photographer, and uh, you and I got acquainted through a mutual friend and i said i need to reach out and find out who this guy is and then i went to your social media page and holy smokes daniel you have got quite the repertoire of uh outdoor photography where did you get started first and foremost thanks for being with us and hopefully a regular but where did all this get started yeah thanks brian i appreciate you having me on um it originally got started, I think, back in 2015, 2016, over New Year's. I was taking a trip out to Yosemite, out in California. And uh, my brother um, used to be the photographer in the family, and he's since graduated to graphic design. But uh, as I was going on that trip, he handed me his camera, which was, you know, in my eyes at the time, a pretty nice camera. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing with it, but he was like, you're going to be in some amazing parts of the country, so you might as well take it and snap some photos along the way. Um, and ever since that trip, I've just kind of fallen in love with the art of photography. So just kind of something that stuck with me. Well, I think it's a skill that uh, maybe came later to you, but it's worthy. And I am a terrible photographer. If I can't 
I've been in some of the most majestic places in our country, and I've just never taken the time to learn. But I can tell you, when you have somebody in a, in a group, maybe you're doing an expedition, a hike, whatever it might be, or a hunt, and they know how to take good pictures, it makes all the difference in the world as to what you might take on your phone, which we're all accustomed to. And I... I've always wanted to know. So if somebody like you, you just took an interest, where does somebody go to learn how to take better pictures other than on my damn iPhone? <laughs> well, there's uh, there's quite a few different avenues you can take, but the route that I took was uh, just online education. Uh, I started with YouTube, and there's a plenty of resources on YouTube, almost overwhelming. Um, a lot of people on there teaching you everything you ever want to know about photography or the specific type of camera you have or um, you know, lighting, how to do it, how to do anything really. Um, and then if you want to graduate beyond that, there, there are online courses that, that people offer where you can pay to, to, to have something a little bit more premium where they go into, uh, more in depth and more detail about a specific topic related to photography. So I've, I've, uh, taken advantage of some of those opportunities, but, uh, never gone to any kind of, uh, formal education through schooling or anything like that. Just kind of mainly self-taught. I love it. We, um, well, I say over the years, I mean, the thousands of pictures that end up in a box somewhere that you look back on and you go, man, I remember that being a lot more majestic than what it appears in a picture. And that's always the case. It never does justice. But here I've promoted your website. And do you do this full time? I mean, is this your career? Or is it a hobby? Uh, it's, it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, so I do have a regular nine to five job working in social media. Um, so it's not too far off from what I do with photography, but, uh, I do freelancing on the side and hopefully one day we'll be able to make it my full-time gig. Well, I hope so as well. And I saw recently, first of all, I've already mentioned your, your social media presence. Where can people find your work and be a fan? Yeah, the best place would probably be on Instagram. Uh, it's a visual platform. Um, photos on there probably aren't performing the way that they used to, but that's where I still choose to, to spread my work. Uh, but my handle on there is just at Daniel.Woody. Uh, so just a period between my first and last name, and you'll find me. So you just got back from a big trip, I saw, and you took some stunning pictures of the moon in particular that was over your uh, truck top camper, and it was stunning to me. And you took a series of those. There's nothing more majestic, I think, than photographing the moon, which takes some talent. Yeah, it's a challenging pursuit, uh, trying to photograph the moon. You know, it's uh, especially when you're trying to get it uh, right there on the horizon where it has the, the, the kind of the biggest view to our eye, uh, given the atmospheric distortion of it. Um, that's, that's generally where you're going to get the best moon pictures, um, and it lines up usually with uh, right around sunrise and sunset. Um, so it's like when it's when it gets too dark outside, the moon will be very bright and everything else will be very dark. So you, you are looking for that specific time of of morning or night when that moon is rising or setting, uh, and that's typically going to be your best chance to shoot it. Um, but even with that, you know, having a long lens on your camera, making sure that you're stable enough to take the shot that's not going to end up blurry. There's a lot of things that can go wrong uh, just trying to photograph the moon. But when you get one right, it feels really good. It does feel good. There's just something cool about it. And you got a pretty new uh, truck top camper that looks kind of cool as well. But you took a big trip out west. Where'd you go? 
We, uh, my girlfriend and I spent uh, about 18 days and we traveled uh, out to and through all around Colorado and Utah um, and spent about a week in each. Um, and so we, we hit up a lot of different spots, never camped in the same place uh, two nights in a row, just kind of kept on the move. We wanted to see a lot, you know, being from Indiana, you don't really get the opportunity to experience that type of landscape. Um, so when you're out there, you just kind of would try to see as much as you can. And that, that was our plan. And we stuck to that. Um, and it was a beautiful time out there. Well, I just got back from something similar, a solo little trek around Idaho and Utah. And I just kind of plopped in and got a car. And about 1,500 miles later, driving around those gorgeous mountains in that area, it, it refreshes the soul for sure. It sure does. Yeah, I love it out there. It's one of my favorite places. All right. Very quickly, and now I'm going to put you on the spot because you are a professional at this. You've made this your, your, at least for now, a dedicated hobby that you're really darn good at. But we got fall here, and a lot of folks are going to be out getting family pictures, trying to capture the colors. Do you have any real quick hints uh, in terms of like how to how, how to, to capture them yeah what? how to capture okay. the best images this fall. Gotcha. Um, so we're actually very uh, we're coming up close on peak color here in Indiana. Um, I think with the rain that we're getting here in Indianapolis today, uh, that should make the colors pop here in probably about a week, I would imagine. Um, but I'd say it depends on what type of camera you're using. If you're using a DSLR or mirrorless camera with interchangeable lenses and stuff. Um, Really, the best trick uh, to, to capturing that that really that pop of color that we're all looking for is to use circular polarizers and to photograph um, photograph those colors on a overcast day. Um, the lighting conditions when the sun comes out is a bit harsh, and so you get these really bright spots and dark spots. But when you have that overcast lighting, you have essentially a big soft box in the sky that's putting even lighting across the whole thing. Um, and then that circular polarizer will cut out that glare of any moisture or dew that happens to be on the on the leaves themselves. Well, see, this is why people listen to Indian, Out- Indian Outdoors. I, I learn something every week. You have these great guests on here. We got our tip, and we got an introduction to a brand new guest that's going to be a regular here, Daniel Woody. Daniel.Woody on Instagram. Check him out. And don't be a stranger here and go out and take some of these great photographs and let's talk about your next adventure the next time we talk how's that sounds great brian i appreciate you having me on my pleasure it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org don't you dare thinking about going anywhere we're going to be back right after this just get so wrapped up in all of these great segments it's just one of the well it's one of the downfalls of being the host i get so engrossed and then all of a sudden my producer's yelling at me because we're running out of time but it is the indiana outdoor show and we're brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org we are making progress that list and the number of hoosiers that need help is going down but a lot of folks in need of an organ and tissue transplant you can 
sign up to be that donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. It couldn't be any easier. Uh, it was a big show. Did not disappoint. I was so thrilled to have Director Coleman give us the firsthand account of what it was like to be with the governor and making a big announcement at the new state park lodge that's going to be at potato creek up near south bend just south of south bend uh it'll be a couple years in the making but it's been almost two and a half decades since this first thought was brought together and now the groundbreaking is happening and it's going to be a reality so something exciting for all hoosiers to look forward to sandhill cranes back in indiana and go up to jasper pulaski fish and wildlife area and check those things out. They have a massive viewing tower there. And just spend an hour and you're going to be in a better mood, I promise you. Daniel Woody, Daniel.Woody on Instagram, fellow Hoosier outdoor nature photographer, some stunning work. And we even got a tip or two about how you can capture some fantastic fall colors. I'm terrible. So I've just resigned myself that take it in the moment, grab what you can. But man, if you have a good camera or you just need, you have a little skill, nothing better than some good outdoor photography. It is Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Remember, folks, turn in a poacher, 1 800 TIP IDNR. I will see you in the great Indiana outdoors. Be safe. Enjoy this fall, everybody. Mm-hmm.